Can you believe it, guys? 12 episodes. 12 episodes in on Getting Real with Ronald E. Smith. And today, my guest, I had the pleasure, I have the full-on pleasure to sit down and chat with writer, singer, and simply your friendly neighborhood full-on voice actress, the one and only Anaris Quinois. <laughs> Hi. How are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? I can't complain. You know, I am up here typed in a, in a rug with what's been going on in this world. But you know what? I can't complain. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you deal with what you got, huh? Exactly. And everyone, and everyone goes, everyone, if you don't know who she is, let me give you a little background on Anaris. She's a voice actress. She has done a lot of things out there. She has <laughs> done audiobooks. She has done video games. She's done some fan dubs. And she's voiced some things here and there, but I don't know if it's that important. But <laughs> <laughs> we can see that she has worked her craft for a long, long, long time. I have, yeah. And with all that, because now we're all in 2020, for you just to sit back and look at how far you've you've grown, what can you say for yourself on the journey you've been on so far? Honestly, um, it's just been a blessing, like blessing after blessing. Uh, you know, I was sitting back and like reflecting on everything I've done so far recently, and I I, I kind of got emotional, and I don't usually get emotional. Um, over my career I, I don't get very emotional I guess in general um so I was just sort of like sitting back and looking back and getting all teary-eyed and I was thinking oh man this is where I'm at right now I'm at this point where I can see my growth I can see it clearly and you know I I just never thought I would be here what you're doing is something that you know a lot of people you know yet when they're young wish they can do you know, and mm -hmm. for you, as I've, I think of everyone else who watches, whether it be anime, animation shows on movies and TVs, they imagine themselves voicing said characters. But then when you see you, you're mm -hmm. doing that. Can yeah. you say that, can you, can, looking at that, can you say that, man, when I was, five years old, 10 years old, I never would have believed that I would be doing that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I started uh, voice acting uh, probably 10, 11, maybe more accurately, like 12 years old. And um, back then, you know, it was just like a pipe dream. Like everyone's all like, oh, yeah, I'll end up in anime someday. But I had no idea how I would get there. I just kind of had fun at that point. And even before then, I... Um, I always had this interest in, I guess, um, using my voice to perform. I remember being five or six or some somewhere when I was a kid, I had a tape recorder and I would pretend that I was a news anchor and I would report the news. And it was a lot of like, you know, recording 
tapes like all improv and then I would redo it all the time because kids find reasons to do things of course um and you know you know when you're when you're a little girl you're like oh I got my Barbie dolls I got two different voices so like you know constantly that was that was something that I think I was interested in and um you know I always loved animation growing up in cartoons that's something I uh I ingested a lot and, you know, shifting over to when I was older, around 12, being able to start in voice acting, um, just having fun to now being 22 and actually working um, in, the, in the industry is uh, surreal, to say the least. If we, if we could just uh, step back to, uh, to your, early, your early years. Mm-hmm. Now, what what shows for you were the ones that caught your eye that, you know, full on made you just fall in love with animation anime because we all have our gateway shows you know for some of us it's it's tsunami you know a lot of us that was our our way of seeing the world of dbz Mm -hmm. sailor moon you know me gundam wing because i will always rock with that (laughs) that's a good one thank you very much but also too but people that like me didn't realize pokemon which i always just thought was a regular television show was an anime (laughs) you know yeah, everyone thinks it's just like a cartoon. Like it looks, exactly. it looks a little different, but it's like, oh, even when you get older and you're like, oh yeah, anime. Like you're like, oh yeah, that's an anime, but it's so like it's so embedded in your childhood that you're like, oh well, it's basically American. Exactly. So what what were the ones for you that really opened the door for you into the world that is anime? Oh gosh, um, Pokemon was definitely. Um, a big one that I grew up with. But like I said, it's not something I registered as an anime for the longest time. I used to watch the um, the series all the time on VHS and also like whenever... Talk yeah, talk about VHS. <laughs> yes. On VHS, I would get it from... Um, I would get the VHSs from the library because I used to go library all the time and I would just sit down and watch them like, yeah, Pokemon! Um, Pikachu was probably my favorite because I was basic. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And the movies, I loved the movies a lot growing up. Like I used to rewatch the movies so often. And to this day, I still think that the movies are like the best thing to come out of Pokemon. But um, other than Pokemon, uh, I think what was a real gateway for anime in particular was Digimon, because I got into that a little later. You're a and, real one. Look at that. Yes. <laughs> yes. I love Digimon so much. Like, I love both, but I lean a little bit more towards Digimon. Um, really now? I do. I do. I My favorite season out of Digimon is Tamers. I love it so much. It's this perfect blend of dark and cheesy, and it's so good. A lot of people would say that, that that's one of the best uh, Digimon series. Yes, it is, um, in my humble opinion. <laughs> Um, like my little like hierarchy is like tamers, prop, maybe savers or adventure. They're kind of interchangeable savers. for me. Savers, wow. Well, data squad, but I, I watched I watched in Japanese, and that's how it was a gateway for me because you know I I watched Data Squad while it was airing, but I think it was around episode fifteen, like the most the English dub had gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I couldn't find any more episodes, and I was like, what? I want more. Like, where is more? And I found um, the Japanese, and I was like, oh, huh, well, this is more. I, I don't, okay, subtitles? How do I do both? And I eventually figured it out. 
Um, and I just watched the rest of the series in Japanese. Um, so it ended up being my little introduction to anime in general because I had this little shift of, oh, here's this whole new world of, you know, Japanese cartoons, you know, in Japanese. And it's like, okay. And I could watch it in English or I could watch in Japanese. And I, you know, switched between the two and ended up getting into Card Captor Sakura and Sailor Moon and um, Bleach and Naruto more officially. Because even though I kind of saw Naruto growing up, I didn't really watch it because I thought it was scary. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. But see, I, th- I think that's pretty cool on. Because, you know, I always say that anime, while, it, you know, it, it has its dark holes that you got to be careful when, when you walk into because you might mm-hmm. get lost. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it's a beautiful world that just brings you into so many beautiful things and helps you understand and really just get you lost on, on, on the great things about it. But definitely. So with you of growing up for yourself, because watching these shows, loving these shows, and becoming a fan. Was it, were you able to embrace that self for yourself when you were in school, in middle school or high school? Uh, I did. I think I embraced it most in middle school. Um, like come sixth grade, I was just super into anime, um, especially Kingdom Hearts, but anime in general. Um, and I, I found a group of friends um, that I could mingle with and talk about anime with and get really enthusiastic and passionate. And, you know, it was a pretty, um, pretty nice uh, thing to have at that age. And I kind of lost that um, in middle school because I moved a lot. Um, and then high school, uh, I don't know. I, I think sixth grade was like the my peak year, honestly. <laughs> um but yeah, yeah, I, I did have a little bit of that growing up. I mean, I know sometimes we all have that that stage where we're like, you're embarrassed to be a fan, you know, because yeah. in a way they, they, they kind of t- make you feel like you're too old to watch these shows. Why are you, you should be watching this stuff on MTV or come on, watch some real things that are adults exactly. like. Yeah, I think that was part of the reason why I think later on in middle school i ended up getting this mix of interests where i liked anime um but then i would also watch things like supernatural and doctor who trying to conform more to what was the norm and it's not that i disliked those shows i did like them but um i do think a lot of my interest came from wanting to i guess have other things to um socialize with people about other than anime because i didn't really I kind of lost um, having that little anime circle as I got older, for sure. Now, did your parents also know of your interest in your shows or as you were growing up in your career path? Because you said you moved a lot. So mm-hmm. how was that transition from going from place to place, but also to your, your, you trying to find who you are growing up? Um, they definitely knew about it because um, I was kind of the only child so they definitely knew about any interests I had um and they they were they were okay with it uh I think at first they thought it was a phase um especially the voice acting they thought they thought that was a phase they thought that was a hobby and I have very much proved them wrong on that um 
but you know at first they were they were really okay with it and as time went on they got more okay with it to the point where they're like okay well and Eris is just watching her Japanese um cartoons so. watch her Pokemans yeah watching her Nintendos you know? <laughs> but see okay now growing up you said now we're moving up from when you're five six twelve Mm-hmm. When did the idea of trying out voice acting, where did that idea spark from? Um, partially the internet, because the internet is this lovely place that has all sorts of ideas. Um, but I think a lot of the inspiration for me at that time was the fact that I was so shy. I was super, super shy. And even though I loved acting a lot, um... I didn't really get into the theater scene because one, we were moving a lot, so I couldn't really break in very easily anyways. And also because I was very shy. So like, you know, being in this new area almost every year or so, um, and then, you know, trying to act, trying to learn how to act, trying to do those auditions and everything and be this big personality, this theater kid, like that, that was very scary to me at that time. So, um, voice acting was this nice, even ground where I could just do things at my own pace and nobody was looking at me, no stage fright or anything, but I could still act and I could act freely. And I think that was the nice, attractive thing to me where it's like, okay, I can do what I want and I feel good about it and I can express myself so well. And, um, that, that was definitely the beginning interest in it for sure now see it's, it's funny that you say that you were shy growing up because whenever i i watched your stuff especially he- hearing you act and how the way you project yourself you don't come off at all as a shy person <laughs> it, 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 you, you have that boost full of confidence and energy so yeah. how long did it take you though to get the, the the confidence to believe in yourself that you can do this um Honestly, I voice acting was never something I was super insecure with. I'm not sure why. I, I guess it was just something that felt at home to me for sure. Because I remember hearing that a lot actually growing up where, you know, um, especially in like middle school and high school, they'd be like, oh, a nurse is so quiet. But then they would see um, well, like whatever. They know you. Yeah, yeah, because they know me. And then they see whatever I'm voice acting in and they'd see how loud I could get. And they're like, wow, she is like, this is a different person. Who is this? Um, so it was a, you know, it, I guess it was just something I always felt at home with, honestly. Um, but in terms of like overcoming uh, that shyness, because I, I guess I still had shyness in terms of like, oh, what should I do with this talent? You know, Um I guess I just came with age and learning to express myself more because I think when I was younger, I definitely didn't know how to do that. Um, and so as I got older and as I got more mature in this talent, I was able to make more executive decisions where I was like, okay, I'm good at what I do. I'm passionate about what I'm what I'm doing. So I'm going to, you know, move to tax, move to Texas and I'm going to audition for all these things. And I'm not going to hold myself back. I don't think I have ever really hold, held myself back before, so. And that's the first step, you know, the one step for us to, w- to get where we want to be 
we need to believe in ourselves because, mm-hmm. of course, our greatest enemy is the one we see in the mirror. Exactly. And I don't so, think that's something that really goes away, you know? Like, insecurity is a thing that's kind of, like, there. Because even now, you know, doing more industry work, I'll get some auditions, and I'm like, oh, my God, am I actually ready for this? Especially because, you know, I've had this transition from, like, doing online work to, um, you know, to, like, video games, things that, you know, a lot of people don't know about in general. And then getting to do bigger titles like Pokemon, um, and it's just this constant, like, inner battle of, like, oh, am I ready for this? I don't know if I'm ready for this. And But I'll never h- hold myself back. I never will. But I'll, I'll just spend, like, an absurd amount of time, like, being like, oh, my gosh. I'm not confident enough in this. <laughs> um, but I have to build myself up, you know? And there's also that, what you just said, too. Because there's also kind of a stigma of mm-hmm. people who may have, who have started their voice acting career online. Because, you know, I see that a lot, how... The growth of them coming from YouTube and web series and then transitioning to major projects. And for some people, they kind of look down upon them because they're like, you didn't do it the quote unquote traditional way to getting in. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, it was definitely that um, thought in the back of your head. Uh, but I think also we're in this wonderful um, transition uh in voiceover in general where coming from the online sphere is kind of the norm right uh like one of the first i guess major voice actresses to do that was uh kira buckland um and you know she started off uh, doing a lot of online stuff and then now she's you know to be in near automata and uh you have a lot of the newer talent coming in um who have gone you know really prolific really fast uh that have also come from the online sphere. And so there's this kind of transition of all the younger talent. Uh, you know, they, they do have this background experience of doing YouTube or Newgrounds or whatever the heck else they were doing. And it helped them because now that they're, you know, entering the industry, they can just kill it because they, right. they got all their instincts there. They, they, I mean, of course, they're still getting training, but like they don't need as much training as somebody who's just, you know, coming in super blind, you know. No, that's very no, that's very true. And if I can go with you for a second, because the one thing I did uh, learn about you mm-hmm. is that for your for you growing in your inspiration to be a voice actress, the people that you looked up to was Lauren Bailey. Yes, I adore Laura Bailey so much. And, and, you know, we, it's always good to have those people, whether we know them or don't, and they, we just admire them from afar, of we look at them and we admire their craft. We look at the way they handle themselves and we mm-hmm. say, I want to be like them or I want to be where they are because you, you, they give you inspiration and belief that you can do it too. Yeah, for sure. Um, Laura Bailey was a uh, inspiration that I acquired very young because um, I remember being uh, tw- probably around 12, honestly, because um, I'd gone into the show Pomodoro Alchemist, where she plays Lust, and in the movie of the original anime, they, uh, I think she discusses in the um, commentary track her approach to creating the Lust voice, uh, which was the most fascinating thing to me. Honestly, I, I listened to it and I was like, oh, that's so cool. 
you know, like you, you saw this character and you didn't think about like stereotypical things to do for a voice. You you went with um, a more nuanced approach and it was so interesting. And then I heard her in other shows afterwards and I admired her range. It was, just, it was like she has this fantastic range. And then, you know, looking her up on Wikipedia and I was like, oh, wow, look at all the stuff she does. And That's, then seeing her transition. <laughs> that was my mindset as well. Yeah, I mean, she does. She has done a lot. She and she's had this wonderful transition from doing um, anime to cartoons, video games, and being, you know, as much of a household name as Laura, as not Laura Bailey, but Troy Baker. You know, um, so it's it's such a cool career path that I'm like, oh, I want to do stuff like that. Like I like to do anime, but I also want to get more into doing more prelay for cartoons and also video games like I would love to have that kind of well-rounded career so I looked up to her a lot and um you know still do to this day because she just was a lot of my drive growing up I'm not even gonna lie to you I had no idea she did she her she voiced kid trunks I had yeah. no idea I was like what Are you kidding so many me? big titles yeah so but just seeing everything that she's done I can see why you 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 inspired your, her style and her and her work ethic on you and whether that's what you wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And through that journey, we started your YouTube channel and how you just worked yourself, you know, to grow your craft. So with that, how long did it take for you to get your first role, that first voice acting role for yourself? I wish I was something I kept track of back then because I I was so focused on having fun that I didn't think about like, oh, this is my first role. But if I had to think about it, I think I think my first role is this animation. Yeah, this animation about a blob. And it was by this um, British animator. And I got to play this little girl named Iris. And And I forget what the heck iris was that too <laughs> but um it was basically using my natural voice at the time and because i was so young it was just just this higher voice um and it was really fun and really cute and i i liked it i liked it a lot and then i kind of jumped around from doing that to i guess other things I'm, oh god i really can't think of my career path i've done so much <laughs> but it said your imbd got like 41 credits of things you've done and i'm like oh gosh you <laughs> well you, that's you just really the industry out stuff you know like like that's not even including um you know the online stuff that i did and that's all scattered in the past basically are, 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 are there any things that you look back at and you're like oh my oh my gosh my voice i can't believe i sound like that but back, <sighs> back then no, not nothing that's publicly around. Huh, worse. No, nothing that's publicly around. I I have um I have this uh old files, a bunch of old files from as old as like 2010, uh that has my voice acting, <laughs> and um it, it's funny when I was a kid, I I used to sound scarily, I I used to sound like a uh, Rini from Sailor Moon, like her English dub voice, oh, like to okay. to a T. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, it's so weird. Even listening back to it now, I'm like, wow, my voice used to be <laughs> like that. Because right now, it's just kind of like in this weird mid pitch. Um, <laughs> but I, I'll listen to that, and I'm like, oh, those weren't bad instincts. But then I'll find this really old file where I was trying to do—I don't know what I was trying to do, but I was trying to do something. 
like improv acting, but it was just like really bad. And I have to cover <laughs> my ears every time because I'm like, why? That was just you having fun. That, I think I think that, that that was just it. Yeah, yeah. That I mean, that's where it all came from. Just the that want to have fun, you know. Have you lost that joy at all, or have you ever balanced that of wondering, dang man, like? I hope I never lose this because if, it, if I do, I don't know if, if this will ever be, I'll ever stop wanting to do this career anymore. Um, I don't think I've lost it exactly, but there are some times where, you know, the passion kind of falls a little bit. Um, you know, like it, it depends on the job sometimes too, because, you know, I, I always have way more fun with character work than I do with commercial work. Um, and that's something where I can always see, like, oh, yeah, I'm, I know I'm having more fun with the character work. Um, but I, I wouldn't say the passion's never gone away. I, I've had this nice balance of, you know, sometimes things might be kind of hard to do. Sometimes it might feel more like work than the passion, but the passion's still there. It's just that I have to have discipline to kind of kickstart me. Um, it's weird. But I think as long as I have that deep-seated love, as long as I still find myself having these moments where I am so in tune with what work I'm doing and I feel like I'm fully expressing myself, as long as I have that, I don't think it's something a career I would ever stop. Speaking of that, of this career you don't you that you would never want to stop, because as we keep you know going back from when you began till now during that period when did did you ever or did your parents ever say okay you can do this but you also need to have a backup plan like you need to like <laughs> finish school you need to go to college was that ever a talk for that because as you said before they were still thinking in the back of your head like all right this is a little hobby for you you know it will, it'll fade off eventually <laughs> yeah um my parents um, definitely taught me to be an overachiever, definitely taught me to do my best. And they they definitely instilled in me a idea that, um, you know, you need to you need to finish high school and you need to go to college and um, you need to get, you know, at the very least a master's degree. And you need to have this career that's stable. And and as I grew older, um, you know, I recognized the merit in that as well. Uh, I ended up getting a, well, I have an associate's now, but I eventually, uh, in my life plan, I do eventually want to get a master's in psychology because oh. I just recognize that, you know, having that kind of backup plan is good especially living in america and times like this where you know you you might not always be able to depend on voiceover um and you know that's something i kind of decided for myself not something that they really instilled on me although they you know whenever i would discuss like my interests or my plans for my life they would always be more interested in you know what are your plans in becoming a therapist as opposed to becoming a voice actor um but when i booked Mm, yeah, when I booked Ruby, I think, is when they started softening up to the idea that I could do this more full-time. And then booking Pokemon was just even more convincing. Like, now I can, you know, discuss some career movements with them and they're fully engaged as opposed to, you know, a few months back or 
like like even a year ago where I, I could bring stuff up like that and they'd be like, yeah. So anyways, about, <laughs> about your master's degree. <laughs> that's cool and all. That, 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 that fun thing you do on the internet is cool and all, but mm-hmm. how, how's the education going? Yeah, how's that going? <laughs> and honestly, I, I, I was going to, you know, not really make industry steps until I had a master's. But then I was so unhappy because, mm. um, you know, I, I was born and raised in Florida and being in Florida and doing this daily grind of, oh, you got to do your your classes and you got to go to work. And it's a job that, you know, I it, it's OK to do, but like it's not something I'm passionate about. And then most times I would be too exhausted to even work on voiceover. And that was so draining. That was so I hated it so much so that eventually, you know, as a, as I was nearing the end of my associate's degree, I was like, look, this is here. I I need to do what I'm passionate about and have everything revolve around what I'm passionate about because I just can't take that away from me. It's not like it hurts my soul too much. Um, so I kind of made the executive decision of, okay, well, with this, with me being able to book you know, an anime and Ruby from home. I'm going to go to Texas and I'm going to see how far I go. And if I need to go home, I'll need to go home. But for now, I want to follow my heart. That's a that's a big step to, for them um, because I guess, you know, sometimes we all feel that we, that what our passion sometimes doesn't resemble of what needs to be done to live, you know, mm-hmm. and I know it's sad, you know, so that's the thing about life. But you took that, you took a step, you know what I mean? Like you took something that you believe that I know that I can do and I know that I'm passionate about. Because like in anything, whatever we were doing to complete our goals in life, there are part-time jobs that we do just to keep us alive, just to keep food on the table, you know? But we don't love them. It's not something we're happy with, but look, it's a living. Like, you know, Flintstones, it's a living. Yeah. Yeah. you took that, and I can imagine a part of you was scared. Oh yeah, terrified. I, I, you know, I, I was doing it for my passion, and I guess I was security in a sense. But you know, I didn't know what I was doing, especially when I moved up, out for the first time. I was like, oh god, this is <laughs> this is hard. Hey, Actually, you can't just move out. Like, how much is insurance? <laughs> oh, don't get me started. Oh. Uh, it it's honestly overwhelming, like how expensive it is to just live, um, and it sucks because you know a lot of people, uh, you know, who want to do stuff like this or just creative ventures in general, you know, they they just gotta drain themselves and other careers just to support what they love, and you know, I, I wish that wasn't the ideal right now like that 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 wasn't what you had to do I wish you could just you know jump right into what you have what you love to do but honestly it's just grinding to the point where maybe eventually you might be able to do the creative thing full-time maybe you know it's it's always the journey you know the -hmm. journey is never is never easy there's always bumps on the road but with enough you know with enough courage and enough drive the, the light will always be at the end of the tunnel you know yeah for sure as long as the passion is there. Exactly. I'm speaking with Anaris Quinones, 
If you have enjoyed so far what we've been talking about and you want to find her, see her, and learn more about her, you can go on her website at anarisq.com. And if you want to see her funny side, go on her Twitter, Instagram at anaris underscore Q. Now, now you said you, you took that step. You took that step. You wanted to move and you wanted to pursue more of your career path. What year was that? That was last year, 2019. Think about that. Just last year alone, right? Mm-hmm. Now, 2019, after all the work you've done, through all the voice work and and things that, that have helped you, but also pro- projects that you've been proud to be a part of, you were able to land a, a role that you talked about before, Ruby. Mm-hmm. Well, that was something I actually didn't even book while living in Texas, I had booked that in Florida. Um, so really, I had booked, um, you know, Pokemon while living in Texas. Uh, but yeah, no, I did get Ruby and Ruby. Oh, gosh, Ruby was a huge surprise in so many ways. Did you ever think you would land a role like that? No. I mean, I, I always knew I, I was kind of aware of what usually happens when you move to Texas, you know, like it'll take you a long time to get noticed by um, directors and being able to work in anime. And, you know, there's no guarantee that you'll get to, you know, work pre-lay shows like Ruby, Um, especially because Ruby, um, it's been a while since they've introduced new characters. So, you know, it was just this uh, blessing to have this coincidence of, oh, this season they're introducing new characters and these characters are... Uh, people of color and one of them Harriet just happened to be perfect for me and when you when you landed it and the role that you got from it what was the response what was the response from not only from the fans but from the public and then I'm sorry the public but more of your your circle of friends and family Mm-hmm. When 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 it when you finally told them everything about this, oh gosh, um, hmm, fans were very excited, um, very very excited because Harriet uh, ended up being a bit of a bit of the favorite out of the group of the Aesops, um, and you know that was very exciting to see everybody just so hyped to see oh look at this babe of an Aesop and she's so cool and she's so confident. And, um, you know, seeing her in the series as time went on, it's just like people fell more in love with her. And that was that was really cool. Um, And in terms of my family, um, they thought it was really cool, too. Um, I think one of the first questions I got was, oh, this is a series. Is this on TV? And I'm like, (laughs) no, but it used to be on Netflix. So I have to kind of like hype them up sort of. (laughs) No, 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 no. Listen, listen, it's actually pretty cool. Yes, yes, and and I'll like pull up like the most recent season. I'm like, look at this, look at how cool this fight is, blah blah. blah. Um, uh, I'll be I'll be honest, they were way more into Pokemon. But, of course, um, I, yeah, yeah, okay, that, that that makes perfect sense. Yeah, but um, and in terms of friends, um, my friends were definitely excited for me, definitely. Um, like they they were the ones hyping me up. I didn't have to do anything for them. So <laughs> that's called real friends, right there. I, for I real, love that. yeah. Now. With that, because, you know, a lot of, you know, people who are coming up 
through voice acting. That's their dream. You know, the dream mm-hmm. is to get these roles of these big web series, these big shows. That's their what they always wanted. But they don't see the hard work and the sacrifices that you got to do to get here, you know? Mm-hmm. And when you finally got that and you were able to to sit sit back for a second and be like, wow, I got this. Did you look at yourself and be like, the work and the struggles and the sacrifice you made were worth it at that point in time for this one? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I sat back and honestly, it, it, it's just a sense of, wow, I can't believe I'm here. And I, I don't think I've really... Ha- hit that point of reflection, like deep reflection until uh, very recently. Um, But I guess back then I was just sort of like, oh, okay, that's an opportunity I have. Um, That's, this is a thing where like, you know, especially being a fan of Ruby, I I looked back on that and I was like, oh, this is something I was like, this is something I've achieved. And this isn't just any character. This is a huntress. This is a very cool character, recurring character in the season. And I was proud of myself. And a little Easter egg too, I guess, for yourself to be like, oh my gosh, I have this. Um, um, I, 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 I could, I could pat myself on the back with this. Your idol was also a part of the show too. Yes, yes, and she did amazing. I mean, now, now you gotta think about that for a second. A person <laughs> you idolized when you were young, and you said, I want to do what she's doing. Fast forward, you were on the same show as your idol. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How is that feeling? Uh, it, it's just that constant like, oh, this is so surreal. I can't process this, but <laughs> it, it makes me happy, you know, and it just reminds me of how many blessings I found in my career, you know, to be able to be where I am now. As you all know, I'm speaking with Daenerys. And now as we move a couple steps forward, and as you brought up before, and I wanted to, I just wanted to save this for a little bit later so we can just then bring this up. You also, earlier this year, got a role in a certain show, you know, a certain indie show that I think two or three people may know about, but mm-hmm. you were able to join up and be a part of Pokemon Twilight, Twilight Wings. Yes. Yeah, that small show. I mean, look, it's, it's kind of overrated. It, 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 no one really talks about that Yeah, much. I, I don't know. Like, I, I think I've seen it in GameStop. I, I don't know. <laughs> but think, now, again, think about that. Think about young Anaris growing up and her running to her room to watch the newest episode of Pokemon and just getting lost in, in that world. Fast forward, your voice is in the show. Yeah, that, oh gosh, that was an opportunity I was so excited about, but that was one where I was like, okay, I did my best. I don't know if I'll get it. And then getting it and knowing like how many layers of uh, meaning that had, you know, not just for me, but for other people, um, that hit hard. Speaking of those layers, um, that was one of the things that I saw the response from it um, under in Twitter, people were not only glowing from your performance of voicing Nessa, they were talking about, they were giving you just like, yes, that's culture. 
that's yeah. culture right there. Yeah. Everyone was just glowing of representation being shown to its core. Yeah. Um, honestly, it was over- overwhelming in a good way. I, I like. I mean, I, I expected positive response about it, but not that much. And I was glad to be able to be that. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a lot to take in, you know, and, you know, and it goes both ways of this was, this was probably something that you thought, oh, I would love to be a voice in Pokemon, but for ourselves, you're like, oh, you know, it could happen, but I'm not going to really set myself up to fail if it doesn't happen. You well, know? you but, know what? I, I know ne- that never even crossed my mind, you know, even weird. as I continued working, um, I guess more industry stuff. I was just sort of like, oh well, you know, que sera, que sera, you know, like <laughs> it's fine. Will be, will be. Because <laughs> um, I, I just didn't think that was something possible. I, I never set that expectation for myself. It was like, oh, uh, you're gonna voice in Pokemon, or even that I wanted to voice in Pokemon. I was just like, oh, well, we'll see what happens. I kind of doubt it, you know. Like that was a LA title anyways and I was in Texas like and I didn't feel like I was LA material so it's like oh yeah we'll, we'll see um but then I got the audition and I see the name <laughs> Pokemon and I'm you, like you faint you're like oh, oh oh my gosh I I was like no way <laughs> and, and first of all like I see Pokemon I'm like huh and then I see the characters that I get to audition for and I'm like oh my god um because I Nessa is such a major character such a wonderful character that i i love especially because um you know my my favorite uh character growing up was misty in pokemon no okay that that's awesome yeah (laughs) so being able to basically um you know be a water gym leader the black and just so cool so beautiful so talented multi-talented like like that 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 meant a lot and I remember when her character was first, you know, uh, shown on the internet, you know, what she looked like. There was a lot of backlash first, you know. There was a lot of backlash for her character. And granted, I had no idea but for the new game and the new characters. But my my words always the same of I want to play the game and learn about these characters before you say say anything. But especially for Nessa, I felt she got hit the hardest. Yeah, it was just. The internet being the internet, I guess. I I don't know why. I mean, it, it was it's so cool to see um, you know, darker skinned black characters in anime. Um so that's hundred percent true. Yeah, because I mean the first the first black character we got in Pokemon was Iris, I believe. Uh and and even then she was more in the lighter tone. So, right. you know, having a gym leader, a water gym leader, uh and she's so elegant. Oh, whoopsies. She's so elegant and um, mysterious and cool, but also very expressive uh, in this nice way. And she's darker skin. Like that. That was amazing to see. Um, like when I when I was seeing Sword and Shield uh, promotion, I I saw her and I'm like, oh, she's the she's the best one. I don't care about anyone else. <laughs> don't don't tell me nothing. I don't even need to hear it. Yeah, like I had so much fun fighting her um, when I played the game. So, yeah, I I don't know why there. I mean, I know why there was backlash, but I I just don't understand why it had to be with her. You know, I mean, I do know racism, but it'd be like that. 
it never it never it never goes away but it never does but that's the thing because we we understand about that but also too when you when you're when your character when Nessa was debuted in Pokemon Twilight Wings and they heard your voice I didn't hear anyone else say that you know it yeah. was just more about her and then the story that they wrote for her was what we all knew about her how she was more than just a pokemon trainer you know she's a person with different traits and different you know likes the things that she wants to do mm-hmm. and that surprised me honestly because i was bracing myself for you know some kind of backlash i was bracing myself for trolls and i was like okay this this is a big win but you know i'm probably gonna get more backlash that i'll, I'll just have to deal with um but there was none of that I mean, to this day, I've not seen any of that. And wow, um, I'm so glad that, uh, you know, she she's able to be seen as who she is with none of that attached. And she can be appreciated in a fuller form now. Um, and in such a beautiful episode, I was so like everything was handled so well with her. And yeah. I, I'm so proud to be attached to that. Like, ah, it's so good. And again, as an African-American man talking to you, a Latina and an African-American, mm-hmm. I, we always say represent, representation matters. You know, it does. It doesn't matter what people don't want to say. It doesn't, who cares? It does, you know? It does. We, there's a reason why Black Panther made over a billion dollars. There's a reason for that. There's yeah. a reason, there's, it's, people care. People want to see themselves on television. You know, we, we want to see ourselves showing it. yeah, I want to be that. For the for the young kids growing up, even if it's animated, even if it's fantasy, they mm-hmm. see themselves. Because we don't get to see that, you know, especially right. our generation. Like I, I think younger generations now, like they get to see way more of themselves growing up than we ever did. Right. Um, because personally for me, you know, one of my, you know, darker skin animated uh inspirations was Katara and Katara isn't black technically but that's true that was that was the closest i could get um because you know everything else would just be too stereotypical if there was anything and and it was just so frustrating to see and you know even coming from the voiceover field um you know the only inspiration i could have had other than laura bailey was cree summer but you know Mm. she didn't have laura bailey's exact career either so you know it was very limited uh you know the uh the success that you saw in terms of uh, diversity in the industry. Um, so it's very important for us now to, you know, drive the change. Right. In the back of your head, or has it ever even came up at all, of you being afraid of being typecasted? Of and that, when I say typecasted, <laughs> of saying that of being stuck in a stereotypical role of a person that would they think an African-American would be like or sound like? Terrified. Terrified. Um, That held me back from considering a move for the longest time. I remember speaking to some mentors about it. And I was like, oh, man, I don't, like, I don't know if I, if I do want to move into the industry because right now in terms of, like, you know, the indie stuff that I get to work on from home, you know, I, I haven't been put into a box yet. But what if I do get put into a box because, you know, I'll see other people, um, other, you know, black actors in the field just kind of put into this box and not working as much because they're constantly put into this box. And I was terrified of that happening to me. 
Um, and I didn't want to just work with it. I wanted to, you know, step outside the box. I wanted to do more because I knew I could do more. Um, so for the longest time, I, 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 and even now, I think that, you know, I, I get concerned about that. You know, I, I don't want to just play characters that look like me, although I do want to represent them as well. Right. Um, because more- I think, you know, that that's important too. I mean, you have um, somebody who really broke the mold on that was uh, Zeno Robinson and uh, Janie Chambers. And both of them have been able to play characters outside of their skin color. And that's so important because that's how it should be. It should be an even ground where all of us should be able to play whoever we want because it's voiceover, you know, but it, unfortunately it's not really an even ground. So it's just working to have really big wins and, you know, give enough opportunity for everyone in the community. I'm talking to Anaris and Ladies and gentlemen, this has been a very, very insightful conversation. Learn about her, her drive, how she's grown through her journey, and also, too, what she sees herself in the future. Speaking of that, Mm -hmm. sometimes we can accomplish some goals, and a lot of people will think that that's it. You know, that's the peak. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. You're only 22 years old. And people are praising you, given the respect that you you deserve for for getting that role and knocking out the park. But but then there comes the okay, what else you got? You know, what what else you gonna do for me? That's how a lot of people will look how they look at you when they see you accomplish a huge thing. Oh yeah. So, have you ever feared or ever come of your mind of like this might be my peak of what I can do? Or do you say this is only the stepping stone and I'm I'm only going to grow from this? You know, I, you know, I would think that I would think that this is my peak with Pokemon, but I didn't think that. I, I just thought that, you know, I, I said earlier in the year, uh, like with New Year's, I said that 2020 was going to be my year. Um, And so far it has gone spectacularly for me even with quarantine going on which is a blessing within itself and I I I don't think that that is my peak I believe that I will go farther because I've put in so much work and I will continue to put in so much work because this is my passion and I think as long as I have you know that hard-working personality combined with that passion I, I don't think I'll reach that peak and with that too you're allowed to as you did as a child dream and fantasize on what other roles you would love to knock off your bucket list because you already knocked out a few things mm-hmm. already so as are there any other roles right now that anaris would love to see herself do i've I have never really gotten myself into the trap of I want to get into a franchise or a particular role. Um, I, I've always kind of thought, you know, whatever is meant for me will come for me. And I, and I think that applies to everyone, you know, mm-hmm. like you can have these specific goals for yourself. You can want to get into, uh, say, Evangelion or something some or Naruto or Dragon Ball. You can want to get into those shows. 
but you know, there's a lot of factors that are out of your control. And if it's not meant for you, then it's not going to come for you. So you're just setting yourself up for disappointment, I think. So I've never had specific shows or roles, although I will have like things where I'm like, oh, it would be cool, but I, I don't, I don't get married to the idea. Um, but in terms of, I guess, a general kind of role, type of role I would want to have, uh, I would love to voice a magical girl. Ah. Yeah, that, that's a big one for me because um, I, I grew up watching so much, so much Cardcaptor, so much Sailor Moon, so much Wedding Peach and Tokyo Mew Mew, all those different magical Tokyo Mew Mew, that's something I haven't heard in a long time. Oh, uh, yeah, it is so good. And it, like I feel like that is just a necessary life goal. And I'm sure I'm sure as long as magical girls are just a genre, like I... I I will eventually get there. Um, that that's a big one for me for sure. Just to go w- walk back about what you just said is something that I hear a lot of people who are just starting out in the voiceover industry is you know like I want to you know voice DBZ. Oh, I want to I want to be in My Hero Academia. And what you said was was very very insightful because a lot of them just want that. You know. Yeah. It, they don't want nothing else but that. But for them, because they see the Tara Strongs, they see the Chris Sabins, you know, they see you. They see you doing these stuff and they want to be like you. So now what you went through when you were young watching Lauren Bailey, now they're hearing you and they want to do what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So for those who are listening to that and what you just said about don't set yourself up just for that. You're more than just that. What else would you tell them in their journey of of voice acting? I would tell them to focus on the passion and have fun. That's the biggest one. Don't don't set yourself up for a career so early because you're going to lose the passion so fast. And, you know... All of us uh, in the community, the Black and Latino community, we have been working very hard to, you know, have representation matter um, and be more of a factor. So don't concern yourself too much about if you even have a future. Just tell yourself, I do have a future and work hard, work hard every day with every rejection that you get, you only grow. And no matter how quickly or how slow your career might blossom, it is yours. It is unique to you. And you need to love it with everything you got. When people see the success, they don't see the rejections that you brought up. You know, you, you hear more no's before you hear yes. Oh, yeah. For and, sure. that could, and that can sometimes break your confidence. That can sometimes make you question, like, am I worth it? Am I not good enough for this this gold mine yeah i've had a lot of that for sure um, but no but no one really no one really sees that for me because when they see you on youtube and these shows they just see you killing it <laughs> yeah well that's with anyone right like even laura bailey or troy baker you know like you see all the success and you're like ah oh, they're fine like they right. they can get whatever role they want um but you know that that's definitely not the case it is a it is way more rejection, way more losses and wins, and um, 
you know, sometimes you can just brush it off. Sometimes you don't even notice, honestly. Um, but sometimes it does hit. Um, I've definitely had some, I'd say within the past couple of years that it kind of hit a little hard and I was like, mm, am I actually good for this? And I'll have the, like this little like moment with myself where it's like, okay, I like, I can do this. I can do this. And especially transitioning from online to industry, there there was a whole lot of that where I was seeing rejection, 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 because I didn't think I would get into Pokemon. I, I didn't, I, I doubted that I would even get a named role in an anime. Well, actually take that, take back because I had Kimono friends, but I doubted I would get in with, you know, any big anime like that. I, I, I thought that would take years, uh, even with the talent that I thought I had. So, you know, it, it, it is so many rejections that you, you, you gotta take. And if it hits hard, you gotta feel and then pick yourself back up. That's nice. But I think also, you know, ha- having support is definitely important, but I, I think, you know, your career is very much your own. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to learn how to nurture yourself and take care of yourself in your career. You know, like how to not overwork yourself with auditions um, and also how to not or how to take rejection better like you know learning what's best for you because you know that's your career that's something that you need to nurture yourself so you need to you know be able to support yourself and and there's I want to thank you for giving me your time I really do this has been this has been fun yeah thank you so much for having me no, no, I want to thank you for giving me your time. But mm-hmm. before before we go, and this is what I always do with my guests, and mm-hmm. this is the appreciation time, the reflection time, where we okay. give love to the people that have been with us, that have supported us, and who have been on our side since day one. So if there's anyone that you want to give a thanks to, a shout-out, or just a love, go ahead. The floor is yours. Mark Swint. You were my mentor and helped me when I was super anxious and insecure and basically being a huge baby voice actor. Um, Thank you so much, really. Last but not least, I want you right now, imagine yourself. You're looking in the mirror right now, okay? Mm -hmm. You're seeing young Anaris, that young Anaris who was just starting out, the one that wished that she would voice a Pokemon show. Now, for yourself, the 22-year-old who has grown and has moved on and has done a lot of good things so far in her life, what would you tell her right now for everything you've done? Hang in there, kid. You're going to do great. That's beautiful. Ladies and gentlemen, my name it's Ronald E. Smith. This is Anaris Quinones. And y'all, I think we just got real. Thank you, everyone. Be blessed.